0: So, two things, client devices uh, are made for different use cases, and we have some examples here uh, at the bottom here, and client devices perform at different data rates. This is pretty much an understood thing, uh, but it is actually lost a lot when we're talking about network design and network operations. As network engineers, a lot of us have started off in their career as a pure network engineer and then went to their sweet spot either being told or uh you know moving into that direction and so from the network perspective uh like neil deGrasse says and of course you guys have heard this quote before you know when you're a, a hammer everything looks like a nail and in a wired environment from a network perspective that's really how you fixed everything uh, you would just basically hammer it and in the wi-fi world especially now with AC, we're not going to get into AX. We're not going to get into you know Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, AC has been around for uh, many years. Uh, dual band, and there's been a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of things that you can do and clients can do in this uh, in this standard. And this is pretty much the standard that we're used to. And fixing a problem from the network point of view with like as a hammer isn't working with Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi just doesn't play that way. Uh, if I was artistic, I would say that the connection between Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi clients and APs is like a dance. Uh, but I'm not, I'm an engineer. It's more like just sheer chaos, uh, controlled. And especially in an AC environment, just because it's something is set up for AC from the client's perspective and the AP can do it, there's different, many different, sub features in them i can get all to it but that that ap in your network has to be able to accommodate everybody and what i wanted to show you guys is that in the client environment today uh, there are different devices made for different things and they are coming into the network and they are being considered to be the same and they are very much different and what i have here is why some clients perform better than others and I have an example of three uh, IBM compatible devices over here to the left. And then I have the, uh, the, the guys that have creeped in over the years the iPhone, iPad, and Android tablets. And I actually even have you know, a little bit of show and tell. Uh, in, in today's network, you have consumer grade devices being put onto your network, and you have, which is a high end or low-end, and then you have high-end or low-end enterprise-grade type devices going into your network. To your end user, it really looks the same, but from my experience working with vendors and my engineering experience, they couldn't be more different uh, in the way that they are designed, the way that they are sourced, and the devices uh, that have them. And the example I will show you, in a a high-end consumer-grade device, there is basically a $9 wireless NIC in here. And that's the actual vendor's cost from the manufacturer. In this one, there's a $19 difference in price with this wireless NIC. Now that doesn't sound like much, but when you're looking at devices and everything else that is put into these type of clients that people use every day, that really starts to add up. So from an end user's point of view, it's it's pretty much all the same from the Wi-Fi experience, they're very much different. And I wanted to show that here. Uh, So I have three devices. I have a high-end consumer grade device with the same price point. I have a low-end enterprise class device with a smaller uh, price point. And then I have the the very expensive high-end enterprise class device. And then of course I have, you know, what executives and others do is they they go and they add, you know, what I call it tertiary or sometimes, you know, sometimes secondary Uh, devices into Wi-Fi this example right here is a Samsung Android and if you can see that the data rate is lousy again it's AC but the data rate is lousy why we'll get into that my Apple devices uh, seem to love to get on lower data rates and stay that way so much as like my brand new iPhone over here I spend 40 percent of my time at a very low data rate when I'm on Wi-Fi so much so that i've moved my apple iphones to a completely different wi-fi network to stop interfering with others that are are actually a little bit faster so what what do i mean by that so in this example we got three client devices three different type of wireless NICs, three experiences in one network so the consumer high-end class is this network interface card right here right off the bat consumer electronics this device which costs twice as much as my low-end business class device, performs almost three times as worse from a Wi-Fi and network connectivity uh, as my low-end business class device. And you can see some of the rates here between the three. From a network point of view, they all pretty much look the same. Is it dual band? Yes. Does it do AC? Yes. When we get into the specifics of MIMO, as you guys know, by one by one and 2 by 2 and the different generations of the network interface card, uh, you start to see significant differences in performance on the network and actually performance on the devices as well. Now, when I talk about consumer brand devices, a consumer brand device like this one right here, even a high end, Don, any guesses what the uh, the, the lifespan is, what, what this is supposed to be for? Like when uh, you're supposed to get another one? Uh, two years. <laughs> uh, eight months. <laughs> so consumer grade devices that the ones you buy, best buy, you know, again, not knocking them, great products. Uh, they are consumer. They are sourced by basically whoever has the lowest price uh, in, in internals. Uh, there is no drive driver train path that really needs to be followed. Uh, there is no semblance of supply uh, chain, uh, any of this when with consumer grade. So it is usually whoever, when these guys are sourced together, it's whoever has this wireless NIC that's been specced, uh, whoever has basically the lowest price. They're the ones that get put into the environment. And then after a few months, there usually aren't any driver update changes to this at all. And again, to the two things I want to talk to you guys is that this makes a huge difference in performance and Wi-Fi network connectivity, uh, depending on the consumer class and then the enterprise class. So for a device like this, this device actually has to go through a software certification process to make sure that all of the internals, we'll just call it that way, actually are certified to run certain applications on them. Uh, So this has a long life cycle, this has a very detailed network interface card sourcing program and driver program. But still, I'm going to show you even with this, there can be some issues. Uh, So here again are these three examples of the adapter and driver combination. And what I have here are the devices I'd mentioned, I've got my high end uh, consumer grade device, with some roaming issues. I've got a precision device, which is this guy, with this version of a driver with no roaming issues. And then I've got the same NIC with a different driver version with roaming issues. So what happened? What was the difference here between these two driver trains on this high-end device? Now I had mentioned again, this this slide again is there for uh, an example is that Devices when they're shipped out, when they're produced, consumer grade, you might not get a driver update. You might be able to find who the driver is or the company is, and go to their manufacturing site and update that. And I want to show you how dangerous that is here in a second, and how much this driver actually changes and, and can can just wreak wonderful things or terrible things on a Wi-Fi network, uh, and then. Again, with a fully developed enterprise class network train, you can still come into issues. So what happened with this precision or this high-end device when these uh, when this driver was upgraded? And that's what happened. So in April of 16, I got a driver update. Like most enterprise class devices, I didn't do anything as an end user. Uh, I was just working, and all of a sudden, it was pushed, and there it was just on my device. I wasn't even aware of it. Uh, wasn't even aware that you know it had been done. And then I noticed that this was on April 16th. And again, ever since then, I haven't had any wireless roaming issues on this device since. So that begs the question, why? Why was even a driver sent? And was that, okay, so maybe there was roaming issues with this type of set, and that's why a Uh, driver train was was pushed out and was sent out to the vendors tools and the vendors tools then did their testing and then sent it out and work was about roaming well I dug into it and it had nothing to do with roaming whatsoever so what this driver version was was to fix an Intel uh, vulnerability which I have right here I'm not gonna go into the details of it but my original driver that it came with it was from 2019 this exploit was published first of the year so let's say 12 20 you'll notice that i didn't get the driver updated until april four months right so there is a long line of process even in the enterprise class devices that will go and follow this change of control of testing of knowing about vulnerabilities or updates and then confirmed and then pushed to you as a as a consumer from one device that's not a big deal a ton of devices say if you have 5,000 client devices and you do a rollout or a refresh of say ten percent uh, every six months uh, you start to see that problem manifest everywhere in your environment and it is very difficult again from the network perspective to actually say hey why is that why are these people calling with such random issues of roaming of you know calls well they wouldn't even say roaming they say my skype calls being dropped uh and then someone sitting right next to them is having a completely different experience and that is the point of the session here today is for you guys to get really involved and really start to think that with ac the game has really changed in the access layer environment and as a network engineer you know I, I hear a lot of people like I just work with BG route reflectors all day I, I did too I, I do SPF I'm not interested in in down to that level uh, Wi-Fi desktop guys it, it is one of these things with AC with all these last five years that now is super important and your companies and your 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 employees and your customers will have so much a better of a Wi-Fi experience. If you start looking at the Wi-Fi client and its network interface card as its next generation, as it's going to be doing completely different uh, experiences, and getting in front of it and being a part of that selection process, and and what I have here is a, a, a reference um, they'll have in the slides of a picture that uh, was taken. That's uh, obviously a uh, U.S. currency dime, really tiny. That little guy right next to it is this Wi-Fi network interface. So it is absolutely small and such a little thing can do so much for such a large uh, network, especially when it's compounded. And I just wanted to mention, it's just good to note because a lot of us wireless engineers we're always in the controller, we're always in the cloud, and we're not thinking about the drivetrain and all the different things that a network interface driver can actually do. No matter what you do to your network on top, the device is gonna be like, "Uh uh-uh, like it's like herding cats i'm going to do whatever whatever i'm programmed to so you'll notice that just there are simple features here with selection of the the the, the band that you want to go to the roaming aggressive aggressiveness the, the the power settings uh, lots of features that these NICs can be programmed to and if you guys are into gpo and push things out sometimes you have the ability to make these changes uh, and you have the ability to have your clients or your customers or your end users, how you refer to them, uh, not be able to access this and start playing around. If somebody does have the ability to start playing around, they say, you know what, I'm just going to be on this. What can you do from a network perspective to fix that issue, especially in a work from home environment? It's nothing. Right. You don't have any visibility of this. So it is very important uh, going forward uh, to be a part of that process. Right. So. The main takeaways from these sessions here is that again client devices are made for different use cases right so we have the consumer grade we have enterprise or or business class uh, and then these devices perform especially from the wi-fi perspective, on ac at different data rates and that access point or the network has to actually support all these different types of limitations or non-limitations of different wi-fi clients on that network Uh, and might my reason for for this this session is that for you guys is to get in front of it and is to plan and operate importantly and set expectations when somebody comes up to you especially the executive class and says i want my new ipad on the wi-fi here it is you know sometimes it's worth the thought of saying okay what does this do the over impact of my network what is this uh what is this going to connect to Uh, is it going to interfere with anything else based on data rates if you are a part of a rollout of client devices, or if you're hearing about it, it's best to stick your head in and say, hey, can I be a part of that as a wireless engineer or as a network person? Can I work with my support team? Because I'm very interested in what type of clients we're gonna be rolling out to our customers that are gonna be primarily on Wi-Fi uh, going forward, especially working from home. And you know what kind of network interface connects cards and classes that we're gonna get and prepare your networks accordingly for that. You cover those three options, and we found with our our in with our customers that you really start to start seeing those Wi-Fi issues dissipate, and the Wi-Fi experience uh, actually performing a lot better, you know, and a lot less headaches, right? So, Don, that's uh, all I wanted to cover. I wanted to give some time if there was any. Q&A
1: Yeah, that makes sense and and um maybe while the folks are queuing up their questions and I've already seen a handful come through. Uh I know that that you had shown some of and I'll pull them up here some of these screenshots um and you're using Mobileye here. I wanted to make that sure that was clear to the audience, but maybe you could spend a a few minutes talking through this uh this view and the other two, especially that starburst that you showed um and and you know how you're doing those reports in uh, mobile eye and perhaps how folks can can use these tools uh to be proactive and you know become part of the uh you know the device strategy because i know we have a lot of uh wireless engineers network engineers it generalists uh on the line and not necessarily folks on the device side and maybe talk yeah. a little bit about how how we bridge that gap
0: yeah absolutely great great question and uh I am using our our product mobile and mobile is installed on my client devices so what we're seeing for the first time is the wi-fi from the point of view of the actual client uh, not from the network not from the vendor uh, management of that device saying this is what your wi-fi looks like this is actually from the client it's a software that's installed on the machine it's looking at the operating system, network interface, and Nick, also with all of our patents, it's reading the beacon frames, it's also gathering all of that and crowdsourcing it up uh, to the environment. And what we're pulling from this is really specific information about the Wi-Fi. And so with this software, I'm able to easily see what the driver trained version is of the different devices on my network. And what we've done as Seven Signal is that we've sourced those together. So now we can see that when say the same devices like these on this driver train uh, are having roaming issues where actually can show that and show the difference between when it wasn't and it's very powerful because as as you can see just a unsolicited network driver update fixed my roaming issue uh, that i wasn't even aware of and that's the good. That's the good example. The bad example is when the opposite happens. Right. Uh, when you roll a, roll something out, and all of a sudden you have problems. And as you guys know, especially in enterprise, and when I say enterprise, I say anything that's not uh, you us uh, a company. When a company pushes out, say five hundred devices, it might be at four different locations. It might be at two hundred different locations that you now have to monitor. And then let's say only twenty of them got got upgraded or 20 of them had something change, uh, it's gonna look very, from your point of view or from a point of view of the network looking down, it's gonna look like just a blip. You're gonna be like, oh, that, that Skype call that got dropped at location A, that was just because who knows, right? And your end user doesn't wanna hear that. Uh, and you don't wanna tell somebody that. It's like, I'm not really sure because we're bullying people. We wanna be, as engineers, when people say this happened because of this, because of this, because of this, and I did this and it'll never happen again. Having these crowdsourced from the different uh devices and, and going up and correlating the issues, uh, that's what that's what Mobilize is doing here. And that's how I was able to see, you know, that the different versions uh, are actually you know having different types of issues on the exact same network and sometimes on the same device. Did I answer that question? Okay, Don.
1: Yeah, you did. And um so and, and we've seen this a lot where uh, you know, you kind of, we get some finger pointing back and forth, especially, you know, when you first start to roll out mobile eye internally and there there's sometimes there's hurt feelings, right? I mean, you get the device folks that say, well, it's not the device. I made a good decision. And you get the wifi uh, guys and girls saying, well, it's not the network because it was designed properly. So, you know, uh, this type of tool gets everyone on the same page. Um, and you know, it, just fixes problems. You know, we don't, we don't worry about the finger pointing. It just, you know, you have the data to get to the root cause of these issues, which is uh really great to be a part of those kinds of conversations. And I know Chris as a as a sales engineer, you're a part of a lot of those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh it's it's a great uh, visualizer of, of just showing and and you know this is a little bit of a a paradigm shift, even though we've been doing Wi-Fi for years with the you know, everything that's, you know, come come this this year, and, you know, has business has been progressing and how clients have come onto the device, it's really hard to think of the Wi-Fi clients being so different from each other and performing so different from each other. Uh, and that really is the, the case, right? And so there needs to be a, a paradigm shift of thinking of of starting to look at, you know, Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi connections as, you know, basically by the device train, uh, when I say device, I mean by the make, model, operating system, network interface, and the driver version that's is being set up.
1: Right, and it's it's interesting the conversations that we're having. You know, a lot of of what endpoint monitoring does now is around the application performance, and they're losing sight of the network. Uh, And the fact that, hey, all uh, the most powerful devices and applications on the market all depend on Wi-Fi and that stable connection. Mm -hmm. So uh, folks are learning more and more that um, that the connectivity has a lot to do with the application and device performance. So it's it's very, very interesting stuff. So um, let's get to the questions here. Um, I'm going to start with Reza. here uh, has a question. Uh, what's your suggestion for BYOD uh, drivers updates? Sometimes you don't have that control. Good point.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a uh, great blanket uh, for that, uh, that I've used to actually learn this from my Accenture days. Uh, and I actually saw some of my Accenture uh, alumni, I think on the call too. So I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Uh, is that you need to set expectations for BYOD and you need to have a document not so much maybe signed by that person uh, but you need to say hey this is your device and you know there are certain things that's out of the corporate governance that we can control it's actually a luxury right it's a luxury to bring your own device and use your own device for for work I know that's that might be a little dated, uh, but but it really it really is to be able to, to source your own device. And with that comes some caveats. Uh, and the best case scenario, again, with that document or with that understanding is saying we're gonna do our best, you know, to make sure that you're up and running, but you know, please be under be, be sure that you're know, at least understanding that it might not work, you know, as good uh, as our corporate environment. And then sometimes the those devices actually will for a while work better than sometimes corporate devices uh, for for a time. Now, updating drivers on that, that really gets into a really interesting question, not from a technical perspective. From a technical perspective, you can use tools. Uh, You can add those devices on your domain if possible and push out your tools on those. You can set up a different profile for BYOD that follow a different train. Uh, If you have the money, you can maybe get in front of it and suggest different devices that you are, uh, I see this a lot in universities. Uh, They say this device is what we say should be your BYOD device. And if you buy this certain make and model, we will support it fully, right? And then they actually have money to follow the train uh, of the releases, actually do testing in the lab environments to make sure everything's working with their applications. Uh, or there is the the other way to do it is saying, hey, you get to hop onto the the guest network, and uh, you know, the buyer beware. Uh, I would suggest how much time and effort for both parties to manage a BYOD situation uh, should be examined first uh, before even you know talking about you know what what you're going to do because sometimes. If you just tell the customer or somebody who brings a BYOD and says, "Hey, this device, it's going to be, you know, running at a certain, you know, you know, if you get it, you get it, you know, awesome, you know, we'll do our best," they'll be okay with that and they'll they'll just understand it. Uh, if not, uh, then if it's like a mission critical, then there needs to be a little bit of conversations with IT management and exactly say, "Hey." If we're going to take on BYOD and we're going to tell our customers that they can bring these devices on, and we want to have the same experience as they have as a corporate environment, then you know how much time or in effort and how much money is this actually going to take to build this environment? You know, just for our our you know customers, our our end users, our employees to bring devices into the office uh, compared to the other things that we're we're doing in in business. Because I'm sure uh, for every uh, IT person that's on this call, there's probably i would say maybe two or three thousand emails that just filled the the collective buckets of 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 this time so there's there's many many tasks uh for all of our you know i.t support guys to do and you know usually having uh more operational type things you know uh, or more projects added takes away from some of the bigger goals of the Mm day-to-day so i would focus i would focus on that part first and then move to the technical uh review of how you're going to implement that
1: Thanks, Chris. Uh, question here from Eric: uh, How does your software affect the performance of the device?
0: Oh, nice. So we're we're, we're talking about Mobileye, right? So, yeah. uh, so it's about a hundred and ten meg, I think, plus or minus, of a footprint, and then utilization two to three percent on average. Uh, we do have some active tests on there. So if you and they're configurable. So if you ping Basically every endpoint, every minute, that'll definitely add network resources, but you can monitor that. So we we, we do a standard uh, one ping every you know ten minutes or so. Uh, so it's it's very nominal uh, on, on the on the processes.
1: So yeah, thanks and thanks for the question, Eric uh, Christian. Uh, how is the easiest way to check the adapter and driver uh, are the best performers before you buy it? Of course, uh, Christian must not be a customer. Certainly, that's something we can help with uh, uh, before you launch out fully. But are there any uh, tools on the market that um, or resources that folks can check to see best performing adapters and drivers?
0: That is a great question, and I don't want to hurt anybody's that's in marketing's feeling about you know not just reading all the marketing for for everything. Um, sorry, I had to do it, but uh, yeah. I <laughs> and i don't also for the same thing you don't want to go to all the engineers and get into a, a dissertation uh on something uh that that kind of goes down a, a a wormhole that that gets you off topic of of what the device is my suggestion is is that everybody in my 23 years of experience and i'm still learning every day uh is that everybody has you know a network everybody has an idea of what that network's supposed to do but the goal of everybody's corporate design and telecommunication design is completely different. And it's been built for different reasons. And the only thing that really is going to work for you and what's going to be best for you is what's going to be in your environment. So you can research, you can do, you can blogs, you can look at, at, at demos, but you really need to have one of those devices in your environment, in your client's hand, actually pushing traffic, and and actually doing a small pilot. I always say, you know, if you can, 10%. If you can get in front of something and say, I just wanna get 10% of you know, whatever this, let's say this we're thinking about buying a thousand PCs or upgrading, you know, 10 locations. I just want one location where we're gonna have a pilot and the people that are aware, the end users know that it's a pilot, and we're gonna we're gonna try these devices, you know, and maybe just one of them, maybe two of them, and actually see how it actually performs with the applications that are running on your network. Because in my experience, uh, there are applications that are very new and very old uh, in in different people's networks that behave completely different. uh, And you really need to find what works for you. And the only way really to do that is to put that device into a pilot program.
1: Yep uh question here from Olivier uh and if memory memory serves uh Vancouver British Columbia uh he's usually uh the first to respond uh when I ask where folks are dialing in from although he wasn't today so uh, he's going to have to work on his timing there uh question does seven signal have a database that you can make available that uh, rates NIC and driver performances or identifies known uh problematic versions so uh and I, I love this question because we the short answer is yes Uh, We have that database um, and we've been discussing internally the best way to share that with the industry uh, via white paper uh, or 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 alike. And um, we haven't decided yet. Um, So I'd be on the lookout for that. It's probably going to be something that uh, we can deliver. uh, Maybe maybe that's for a future webinar with Keith Parsons. Uh, we talk about the um, state of uh, NICS and driver performance and, and talk about the, the best performing combinations. But a uh, wonderful question. We haven't decided how to share it. Um, yes, we do have that database. And our customers have that database internally as well. Um, so they they uh, certainly have insight into their uh, universe, their ecosystems. So we've got uh, three, four more minutes here. I'll try and get to the rest of these questions as quickly as I can. Um, a question from Frank here. So we have to determine what type of client device the user has before we update the driver. Question mark. Just having different models of laptops is the same as Nick, or doesn't it? Does that mean that all should be running the same version of driver?
0: Great question. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, favorite responses depends um, if, if it's possible there should be a standard uh, if if and, you know if all things are equal and we're in a vacuum something that's a driver train combination that's been tested out in your environment that's been given the thumbs up approval from not only the end users the device actually works as it should and the developers if you have an in-house dev team that has certain applications that it runs like and that your team who manages and operates it can manage it smoothly and operate it, there should be a train that you guys say these are what we want in the environment uh, in reality that is very difficult you can't just take everybody's devices and just start all over there's going to be old there's going to be new uh, the best way to do it is to add that into a refresh cycle and to start that process so when a certain location is being refreshed and it's wi-fi <clears throat> there needs to be some thoughts about you know what those devices are going to be and to get in front of it, you need to start looking at those client devices coming down the line and getting your hands on them. And vendors like HP, Dell, Lenovo, they will, they will seed you devices. They will let you demo devices. Uh, believe me, they, they definitely will. And uh, let you put your image on them and run them. Uh, you you have to have, you know, the operating system, network interface, and whatever driver it came with, which is usually very, you know, first thing it is, is, it's outdated. Uh, You you can't get in front of that. You have to to get the device first and then make a note of what it is, run it through your paces, and then start to find if, if that driver is actually going to perform as you would expect, or if it's actually causing issues, If you can get in front of that and add that to your refresh cycle, your client refresh cycle, uh, it won't pay off at the beginning, but within about eight months or so, you'll start to see a lot of your devices uh, will start to have that similar path, and you'll be in front of it going forward. And then you'll also be in front of the vendor as the vendor says, "Hey, we need to do some releases." Like I showed earlier, Uh, you can start to see that. And then again, if you have the ability, have an environment to actually. Uh, put your SCCM server into a, a, a test lab and actually run that through, you know, dev environment. Uh, but a lot of the time, again, Mobileye is really easy for this because you can just run a report to say who has what NIC version driver and have a look real quickly to see, you know, who's having issues, who's not, and watch it for 90 days. Um, but uh, that is the best that I know of to get in front of it. Uh, the The quick fix is to do an audit but you will probably never have, well, I'm not saying you personally, but it's, it's very difficult to have somebody on one train. Uh, most companies usually have about five or six different models of laptops that people get to choose from, right, and, and devices, because there's different needs uh, and different uh, type specs for different types of uh, end users, right?
1: Yeah. Um- um, thanks, Chris. So we've got time for one more question, and I uh, got a funny observation from the group. Uh, yes, that is true that the people on our couch in this picture are not social distancing. Uh, thanks for noticing. Uh, it's very funny. So we'll have to get this, we'll have to get this image updated. Um, so uh, another question here from uh, Um I hope I pronounced that correctly. Hi, guys. Great presentation. How does Mobileye work with Prime and WLC data?
0: Ooh, great question so you know prime is definitely uh in the network and in, in in the vendor's uh vendor's purview uh, mobile i like all seven signal pro uh products is agnor, uh vendor agnostic and then mobile eye is up and running on the actual client mobile shows what the wi-fi client experience is and actually the decision it makes uh not necessarily you know, what you've designed your network to do, but actually real data of what the client is is doing in your Wi-Fi network. Uh, unless you can simulate that traffic, uh, and some do, and, and we do with our Sapphire Eye, still not the same as actually seeing, you know, what the client is actually doing. In, in Wi-Fi or, or in, in the client Wi-Fi space and the access layer, Again, we go back to that roaming issue of that no matter really how you as hard as you set something, if the network interface and the operating system and the drivetrain make a decision to not roam, they're just not going to do it. Right? I mean, you can you can change all sorts of stuff, but they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm I'm fine here. I'm sticking here. Uh, and that's very difficult to see from the top down view. But from having it on the client, that's the big difference between the two is that you see. The Wi-Fi experience actually from the client's point of view and the client's operating system and Nick actually making decisions based on what that network is actually uh, pushing through radio waves, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Really
0: powerful to see it both both of them work. They They complement each other very, very well. Thanks, Chris.